The e-bike or electric bike trend is booming internationally. And with all the excellent trails in Vegas, we're seeing a lot more of them here too. But with some reaching speeds of over 30 miles per hour, are there places e-bikes shouldn't go? Today, I talk with enthusiast and Pedigo store owner Jordan Clark. We chat about e-bike safety, why riding e-bikes is an inclusive activity, and how they changed his life. It's Tuesday, April 11th. I'm Vogue Robinson, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Jordan Clark, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks for being here. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Heck yeah. So I want to talk to you about your e-bike story. How did you become an e-bike convert? Wow. Um, it is about 10 years ago, and I'm, I'm a little bit on the uh, innovator side in this in this particular area, but uh, mm-hmm. I was uh, stuck in, not really stuck, and nobody gets stuck in Huntington Beach, <laughs> California, because it's a fantastic <laughs> place. But I was actually, uh, I was there on business and I found myself with a very rare afternoon where I had nothing to do. And I went back into what was the Huntington Hilton Hotel and there was a Pedego electric bike sitting in the lobby. Uh, For context, I weighed 330 pounds at the time and would break into a sweat every time I went to tie my shoe. Uh, I was very overweight and uh, I kind of got up the courage and went over to the store and asked, can this bike even hold me? And he's like, absolutely. So the short story is I I rented the bike and I rode 30 miles that day. And it was a life changing, literally a life changing experience for me. So just uh, a fan was born on that day. Came back to Vegas, could not stop thinking about this electric bike bike ride. I felt so liberated. I was just, uh, you know, I was free that day. I could do anything. I was, I felt like a superhero. I could just do literally anything that day while I was riding the bike and uh, just couldn't stop thinking about it. And uh, about nine months later, I finally took the plunge and I ended up buying a couple of bikes and just never looked back. And I started riding and riding and riding. And I, I currently, as I mentioned, I weighed 330 pounds that first day. I weighed 245 and I've now been that weight for about the last eight, eight or so years. So I've maintained that weight loss. And more importantly, I've just increased my level of activity on mm-hmm. a consistent basis because I hate the gym. Eight, 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 the gym. Same. Um, <laughs> so this, uh, just allows me to go places, get out and, and do all the things that I love to do. So for listeners who aren't familiar, what's an e-bike and like, are there different types of e-bikes? Well, the first thing is that while I can verbally describe what an e-bike is and how it works, there's really no better way than to just go try one because you, as soon as you get on it and you feel the motor engage and push you, you're like, Ooh, like it just has this, this uh, <laughs> feeling. You understand it. All it's like all the concepts just come together, and you're like, I get it now. It makes perfect sense. Wow, this is so much fun, and it allows you to go faster and farther, and so on and so forth. But um, uh, as far as what someone's looking for in an e-bike, you know, it, it really depends on what kind of terrain they're going to ride on, um, and where you know how they're going to use the bike. But the most um, basic of bikes is is just you know, you've got your motor, you've got your battery brakes, what have you, just the size the frame style is usually the biggest thing, the size of the frame. And 
do people want to step through? Do they want something that's more classic style where they have to put their leg over the bike? I find as mm-hmm. I get older, I, you know, I don't want to work that hard <laughs> to, <laughs> to put my leg over the bike, you know, because I'm a tall guy. So the step through versions are becoming more and more popular. Interesting. Okay. Now, now I'm going to look that up. I want to see a step through version one. So <laughs> how do, how do people in Las Vegas use e-bikes and like, where do they go? <laughs> no, it's a great question. And honestly, it's so funny because people don't realize in our awesome city that, I mean, just in the town of Henderson alone, we have 220 miles of trails. Mm. Every other Saturday, I go from St. Rose and Eastern to Boulder City for coffee on my bike. And wow. then we sit and enjoy some nice conversation in Boulder City and then bike back, right? Um, and that's something, A, I would never do on an acoustic bike, right? A bike no. that has no more. Um, <laughs> I call it an acoustic bike, sorry. And it would never, I would never last that long to be able to get that far, especially with the hills that are out there. Uh, there's so many trails that people don't even know about. And some of the best views that we have of the Strip and of our gorgeous city are from you know, the wash trail out at Lake Las Vegas. And, you know, you come over the crest and you just see the entire vista of the city. It's just so much beautiful nature on the Union Pacific Railroad Trail. And, you know, there's, it, the list just goes out of the Pittman Wash Trail. There's just so many trails that people don't know. And it, there's just so many places to go. Now, this sounds lovely for, you know, this time of year and then maybe some of autumn, but summertime <laughs> where it's hella hot and summertime. our streets, <laughs> yeah, yep. the living is not yeah. easy in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and we're not really known for being, our our streets are not known for being particularly safe. So no. is selling Although people. getting better, but there's yes. still, we still have a long way to go on bike safety in, in Las Vegas for sure. And I'm a huge proponent of that. For sure. Do you feel like uh, selling people on the idea of an e-bike, is that more challenging here than other places? No, I, I think it's just uh, it's a matter of just as soon as somebody rides it, there's an instant connection. So we're not trying to be a racing bike. We're not trying to. It's a totally different vehicle. It's just it's super fun. And, you know, as long as you can ride a bike, you'll love it. So. But as far as um, the heat in summer. Um, yes, that's the real question. <laughs> it's like, how do they stand up to 100 plus degree weather combined with intermittent rain? <laughs> um, it's actually it's interesting because people, once they get on these bikes, they really want to go everywhere and you get really addicted to them. You know, we have people that I, we encourage a lot more water, but it's, there's a huge amount of people, myself included, that ride every day during the summer as well. So wow. definitely change the, change the time of the day for sure. Okay. I'm not yeah. going out at two o'clock in the afternoon at all, but the evenings and mornings are great times to ride. And you do have a breeze that, that does help you. And then also people have all sorts of crazy yeah. stuff. You know, they have their, uh, their drank full containers, like kind of like a camel where they can drink water while they're riding. Mm-hmm. Um, they have cold vests that they put in the freezer and they wear, yes. you know, it's like, it's all sorts of crazy stuff. But, um, <laughs> I'm imagining like a clip on fan, you know, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or like, you know, they make the little, like people put an ice cube connected to like a little fan <laughs> and like, or like the little misters. That's what it is. The little mister fans. I mean, yep. you know, whatever Absolutely. it takes out here. Yeah. And we sometimes you're going out to like me, you'll go, you'll go to a, a destination where you can go swimming, so on and so forth. So. An average road bike reaches like 14 to 19 miles per hour. But, you know, from what we've been reading, an e-bike can get up to 35 miles per hour or even higher. So, like, what are the physical risks of riding a bike that that co-pedals and can go so fast? 
So I'm glad you asked that because it's very important to me. And as I mentioned already, safety is super important to me. So there's different class levels of bikes and the classes that they are, or the qualifications of the bike are based on the speed that they go and some of the features that they have. So all of the bikes that we sell at Pedego are class two bikes and they only go up to 20 miles an hour. And mm-hmm. candidly, I'm pretty staunch in my belief that I, that's fast enough. There's really not yeah. much reason to go faster on a, on a regular bike. We do have a conversion system for some of our bikes where you can convert it into a class three bike, which is will go 28 miles an hour. Um, I have that ability on one of the bikes that I personally own, and I have not enacted it because I just don't need to go faster than 20 miles an hour. So yeah. I'm not a big proponent of people riding bikes a lot faster. I mean, you really can get yourself hurt. And, you know, the, the, the difference between going fast on a motorcycle and going fast on a bike is vast, right? So a, a motorcycle is a, a very heavy, uh, sturdy vehicle that has very wide tires that can handle lots of different obstacles on the road. Bike tires are much more susceptible to rocks, things like that, that can really throw you for a loop if you're not paying attention and so on and so forth. So um, that's why I believe that the, the 20 miles an hour is good enough. <laughs> right. Now, for the, the classes of bike, is that connected to like Nevada state law? It's actually not. The state laws are they're connected, but they're not, they're not the same. The class bike is an industry standard. And then states will individually enact which classes of bikes can be allowed on which trails. Because we are not so heavily dense in population in our state, we haven't seen a lot of rigorous uh, legislation around which uh, class bikes can be used where. But if you go to a very dense place, like you're going on the boardwalk and, you know, along the beach in California, there's a lot of people there. So they will usually limit and say class three bikes are not allowed. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some of the national parks that are susceptible to a lot of bike riding, they'll say no class three bikes allowed, uh, which Mm -hmm. is why we primarily focus on class one and class two bikes. Okay. So how do you think Nevada can help create a safe ecosystem for cars, bikes and e-bikes to coexist? That's a a great, uh, great question. So I think we're making a lot of progress in that area. And I'm, I'm mainly talking about the streets is what I would like the state of Nevada to focus on. Right. So it's only just a, been a few short years since the law came into effect that you have to remain three feet away from a bicycle. Well, three feet mm. is not very far, especially when you're the bike, the biker. Right. Um, <laughs> so, but you know, things like it was more for the pandemic. Exactly. So I'm not the world's best driver in the world, but I, but when you watch me around a bicycle, I wish that everyone would emulate the same behavior that I do. So when I see a bike and I'm coming up on a bike um, and there's a, another lane, then I'm moving all the way over in the other lane. Just give the biker the space. But as far as you know, what the state can do, we're, we're working very well on creating a lot more bike lanes and creating more awareness around the bike lanes. So you started to see some green patches where um, we're really telling motorists, hey, it's perfectly acceptable for a biker to be in this green, this green section at this intersection. So watch out and we're kind of doing that but we definitely need more bike lanes lastly i'd love to love to have us get um a little bit more uh, better care of the bike trails that we do have because you know we are doing a lot of construction there's sometimes a lot of gravel that gets put on the bike trails naturally which is not nobody's you know malice intent but that Mm. does then make those bike trails a little bit more slippery and easier to you know have have an accident so i'd like to see us brush those 
blah. Huh. Okay. Look, I've learned things. Okay. <laughs> That's helpful to know. Now, my other question is like, is there any tension between acoustic or, you know, regular bikes versus e-bikes when it comes to the bike lanes and, and on the trails? Is there tension between those two parties? Yeah, I'm actually really glad you brought that up because I, I think that's something that we should definitely not avoid. There is some tension. And I think a lot of that tension comes from people not having full understanding of what the other is doing and particularly sometimes misconceptions about, you know, an e-bike that's going 35 miles an hour or, or what have you. That's too fast. Right. But when you're on a trail and you're sharing trails, and it's not only just with other bikers, it's with walkers, joggers, mm-hmm. that type of thing. There's some rules of the road. Right. So um, that you need to be cognizant of making sure that you're constantly looking up and, you know, road bikers tend to have their heads down a little bit, um, just based on the nature of the, the stance of the bike, but it's really important to keep things up and it's important to be able to move over in time to let somebody pass and, um, and make sure that you're communicating with one another. Cause a lot of times we ride together. So we have systems in place for, Hey, rider up. That means is that we, we, Literally, if there's 10 of us riding together and the first person will say rider up, every person down that line will say rider up to let you know that there's a rider coming the other way. So everybody needs to make sure you're over as far as you can to the right. Sometimes people like to ride side by side, which is okay, but you really have to be making sure that you're on a straightaway and that you can see full ahead of you. Because if you're coming around a corner and there's a road biker there, you know, nobody wants to get hurt. And I've seen too many bike accidents and, you know, not very many, but that it's still too many, <laughs> you know, it's just, it could all be avoided. So. Right. So it's just about in the same way with driving, be courteous to one another. A hundred percent. So for me, you know, I'm looking at the e-bikes. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I definitely want to try one out. But that price point is, you know, it's a bit high. I feel like the, the Pedago bikes tend to go for well over 2000. So what do you feel like makes an e-bike ride worthwhile in comparison to a regular bike or driving your car around town? It's an investment indeed. And I think it's important to align yourself with an organization that will stand behind it. So my, my first e-bike, I still have to this day, it's 10 years old. The battery is at 81% of its capacity. What? And that is an, that's an investment. That's $200 a year, right? Yeah. For 10 years. So, you know, it is an investment and over time, but you also find that you'll ride it more. So we have customers all the time that, you know, they don't really think that they'll ride as much, but when you're riding an e-bike, you're able to go a lot farther, a lot faster. You can go different places. So even when you ride a regular acoustic bike, you know exactly which route you're going to take before you leave the house. You're going to avoid hills. You're going to make sure that you can get there and get back in a reasonable period of time. When you leave your driveway on an electric bike, you have no idea where you're going. You don't know how long you're going to be gone, which route you're going to take, because it doesn't matter. One day I left my house in Summerlin. That was a Sunday afternoon. I rode all the way down to the strip. I rode up and down the strip this during the pandemic. I took my picture of myself in front of the Las Vegas sign. Then I rode a completely different route home all the way through South Summerlin. Whatever. I did 36 miles that day and I was gone for three and a half hours. But I stopped. Whoa. I did things like <laughs> I would never do that on an acoustic bike. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So basically you get on your you get on your e-bike and you go on an adventure. Here, that's, that's what it sounds like. It just opens up the space for adventure, and 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 that's that's I think you know the the larger picture of it, and even brand aside, like how would you convince someone to consider e bikes as a category broadly? Like you know what, this is worth your money, even even if it's not a pedago bike, any e bike, would you still be an advocate? Yeah, hundred percent. And I I'm very friendly with all 
owners of e-bikes regardless of the brand because i just want people out and be active because really what i got out of it but you're right you can get some results from other companies as well just is the it's the ability to not be limited right um it's the great equalizer like i don't know how your golf game is uh mine's pretty terrible but chances are there's a disparity (laughs) between how you and i might golf together um or if we went running together like what rate you ran what have you but on e-bikes everybody is the same and it allows you to be a lot more active which is the most important part and you know Back to racing bikes example, um, we have a lot of couples that we sell bikes to. We'll sell one electric bike to a spouse who's trying to keep up with their wife or their husband, who is a road biker who bikes a hundred miles in a oh, day. Lord. Right, and I'm I'm a big guy. I can't do that. <laughs> but the spouse wants to spend time with them, right? And they want to and they want to have that thing, but they're not as athletic. So this equalizes things so that they can actually ride together, and they're getting different types of workouts but they're both being active and they're both being active together. And then we throw out a couple of helmets where they can talk to each other and boom, life is great. And you know, even as I'm thinking about it, so many other things have a weight cap, right? So even there are certain machines at the gym. So when you said, you know, I was 330 and I could get on this bike, that's huge to me. That element of accessibility, because then there's nothing in your way. And the age groups, you know, there's different age groups that are attracted to it. But I love that it was people who are retired. It was like, here's a way you can get out and enjoy the world and and you're not bound. And I think so much of mobility also is often tied to age. And so I just, it makes me happy. <laughs> it warmed my heart. Yeah. And somebody said something the other day about uh, at the, there was an aging expo, healthy aging expo. And they were talking about, you know, an, an active body is a healthy body right so hmm. and as you get older one of the best ways to stay healthy is to stay active right so hmm. and as soon as you become sedentary that's when things start to go downhill so that's another thing that fills my bucket every day is that we're actually helping people stay active and they like it and they look forward to it you mentioned something that's key is the you know the ability to ride together with people is just so fun i have several bikes of my personal bikes in my garage so that when i have people come over we can go riding together um, I have one customer who has six, six or seven pedagogues in her garage. What? And and it's all because of community and being able to ride. If people just go to her house and then they leave from their house on the ride. So that's what it's all about. It's it's the building that what I call the electrified community of fun. <laughs> right. At the end of the day, we all need each other. So it, it makes sense yep. to me. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for making time to be on CityCast Las Vegas. And uh, yeah, we'll have to stop by and try out one of these e-bikes. <laughs> I hope you do. We'll have an awful lot of fun if you do. That's for sure. Thanks so much for having me today. And now let's get into some news. Within the next 30 days, the Valley's carpool lanes will only be enforced in the morning from 6 to 8 a.m., the afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m., and not at all on the weekends. It's a partial victory for Lieutenant Governor and HOV Lane hater Stavros Anthony, who had hoped to convince the Transportation Board to eliminate them altogether. Also, Candida auris is a deadly fungal infection that primarily spreads in places like hospitals and nursing homes. Unfortunately, Nevada has seen more cases than any other state, according to CBS News. UNLV researchers have also found it in wastewater across the valley. However, it's unlikely to run rampant the way COVID-19 did.
That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Next time you go on a bike ride, be sure to queue up the podcast and tell a friend to come along. If you just started listening to CityCast Las Vegas, we want to hear from you. Leave us a review. You can also show us some love by rating the show and subscribing to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care.